It's the TX Water Polo Podcast. James in Austin, Joe in San Antonio. Um, we're doing our Friday morning thing again. Joe, how are you doing? I know the second week straight here. Yeah, oh, but yeah, I'm doing good, James. How are you? I'm fine. I'm I I actually don't really mind this. I've been in Santa Fe all week, and I could have done it, but it, it was uh, it, being at home makes a big difference. So, uh, yeah, being in yeah being in Santa Fe. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for coming back down to where the like the other half lives and works and all that good stuff during the yeah, week. Yeah, this house is where the other half lives. I got it. Okay. So, so yeah. there you go. But no, it's no, it's it's uh, there's a lot of stuff going on right now. High school playoffs are coming. We're going to talk about that in a bit. We have uh, obviously our rankings. We have our players of the week, and we'll get to that at some point. We're going to quickly, eh, not maybe not that quickly, go over what's coming up. Um, first of all, is the Alamo Classic in not this weekend, but the following at your pool, Joe. So this is exciting stuff. You're the you're you're basically gathering all the teams from Texas. Uh, and in, this is for eighth grade, sixth grade, and fourth grade and under. So yeah, it's going to be. Love it. It's gonna be fun. I'll I mean, we have yeah, we have we'll have two pools going and maybe three, if we need it. Um, but uh, yeah, we're gonna have all the kids playing. I mean, it's just really exciting to see these kids play a lot more. Like these tournaments, it used to be one course, used to be one day. Now and they're it, just getting bigger and bigger. And, and bigger it used to be like four or five clubs, and now it's just way more. It used clubs. to be two or three clubs. Wow. Yeah. Or one or two clubs, and uh, so yeah, it, it's great. There's a ton of different clubs playing. Um, I know it's difficult to play during the high school season, you know, because, you know, it, I mean, the hardest thing about kind of running a water pole club is manpower, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes during the high school season, you yeah, like you lose that manpower because they're involved in, they are roughing games, they are coaching games. So it is difficult, but it's great to see these teams that are, that are going to be playing next weekend. And it's going to be festival style. So there's going to be no championship game. Okay. But that's good we're going to make, we're going to try to make sure that there are, Plenty of good games. Oh, I got to have a conversation with you about who we do and don't want to play. There you go. There you go. Uh, but so many teams. I mean, that's what it sounds like is that you're already finding a lot of uh, teams that have already signed up and are expecting some more. So all very you know, good. Yeah, we'll probably have over. We'll probably have over 30 teams kind of yeah. sign up. So fantastic. That's great. Um, I will be there. Well, I was going to say I will be there. I'm not sure I will be there. I think so, but I have these younger coaches, and I want them to get them down there to do some coaching. You know, so well, we'll well, see. you have to supervise them. And eh. coach them up. You eh. have to coach up the coaches here. I do, sort of, you know. Um, okay, well, we'll uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, at the same time, this la- this past weekend, we-, we talked about upcoming stuff, and it is upcoming, but also there was ODP uh, camps. There were uh, ODP camps this fall- uh, the last weekend, and uh, I was out of town, but I saw some um, stuff on Twitter, and just, like, the places were packed. So um, at you were at one of them, is that right? I stopped by and kind yeah. of and kind of helped them kind of kind of get going at the development one down in, down in San Antonio. There you go. So there were about 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 forty to fifty kids there, and okay. uh, was it? I think there were a hundred plus up in uh, up in uh, North Texas at the I youth camp, and yeah. then there were about seventy five or so over at the cadet camp over in Houston. So very successful. Lots and lots of kids trying to do the ODP program this year. So Yeah, I'm I'm getting questions about it all the time. Like I'm it's I'm not I don't know if I'm surprised, but I'm getting more than usual, which is I think it's a good sign. So um, I'm glad to hear that. And then there the end of this month is the final camp. The Sunday, October twenty third. Right. There you go. And then and then after that, um, teams will or athletes will be selected and they'll go to a camp over Thanksgiving weekend. 
Um, and then the teams will be selected for the super regional that'll be in North Texas over MLK weekend in January. Super regional. I can't, I can't get over that because that's, that's such, you know, that's correct. Uh, but that's not the name we were calling it in the past for obvious reasons. So super regional, I got to remember that super regional. Okay. There you go. Anything else about ODP? No, just, I mean, um, if you haven't signed up, go ahead and sign oh, up. Oh yes. They will there. Yeah. You don't want to get put on the no, waiting list. You do not. Uh, uh-uh. no, not with this demand. Um, a brief mention of CWPA, the Texas uh, Collegiate Club season is here. There have been uh, there were a lot of the tournament at A&M, and then there's a tournament at Texas Tech this coming Saturday. Well, Saturday, Sunday. Um, but just to make mention that it's underway and that the I – I want to call it the regional championships. The Texas division championships are at Rice – uh, at the end of the month, October 29th. And then um, I'll have to be honest, go to find out where the national championships are. But uh, it is underway and uh, there are games being played. So for those who are interested in club water polo, there you go. And that's, and that's the men's season right now. The women's season is in the spring for a collegiate club. Yeah. The and also the NCAA varsity as well. So men are fall and women's spring. Can you imagine if they had men and women at the same time? Wow, that would they be... do for a community college out in California. That's true, but there's so there's way fewer athletes and teams, so that's easier to manage than if you're going to do a national club season where men and women played at the same time. That would and actually, there's the, like, hundreds yeah, of teams, and, and actually the junior college coaches out there in California, they actually there there might be one coach for both men and women, yep. and Swimming men and women. Yeah. So, although those jobs are like the coveted jobs People out there. do not understand that, that those junior college jobs, especially at the good, you know, the places that have good facilities are, they hang on to them for dear life. Those are choice jobs. And like they get really paid very, good. very well. They get paid super I, I, well. I don't think there's a whole lot of pressure to, let's say, win, 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 win. But, uh, but like, you know, um, yeah, those are, I like, there, there, there was a coach one time that was coaching a pretty good division one team. And uh, he was like, and he had told me years before that as soon as I'm able to get a good junior yeah. college job, I am going to get it. And he left his Division One job and went to go coach at at the JUCO level, and he has not moved back. 100%. Like so. When they started the program at San Jose State in, I think it's 2015 or maybe it was a year before, you know, Bruce Watson was part of that conversation from the beginning. Bruce Watson is a San Jose, San Jose State alum. Like that team was very successful in the 60s. Peter Uberoff was on that team. Go look him up. And so, but they had the, you know, he was obviously part of the process and he wanted the San Jose State job. But I know that leaving his West Valley job, West Valley is a JC up there, was not easy. Like that is a great gig. Like those places, people just don't understand that, man. It is yeah. a, it is something else. Anyway, right, um, we got off track. No, but it's, I like you know people don't know a lot about um, how JCs work in California as far as water polo. And just to briefly mention, if you are an athlete that's looking to play, not I was going to say Division One, but any NCAA water polo. And you might need some extra time or grades or whatever. I, I don't, again, I think people here don't understand how good, like the high level junior college water polo it is phenomenal. Like really yeah, and, good. And the way that I describe it is if, if you don't get into school of, of choice or you're not quite sure if you want to play at the NCAA level, it's a great way to go stick your big toe in to see if to kind of take the temperature of playing at that level. Absolutely. And it's not, it's not that expensive. You do have to contact a coach 
you know, there are some specific rules that the coaches have that for, for recruiting. And, you know, it's not that difficult to get in those schools either. No, it is so, not. You just find it And uh, it can be a very uh, kind of kind of less expensive option. And I do know there's been a ton of Texas people that have gone out and yeah. done that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they've transferred to, to, to the four-year schools and they've kept playing. So. It's a great way to do it. Um, all right. Like you said, we got off track here. Um, Southwest Zone board elections are coming up. Um, Exciting stuff. You're going to nominate me? You, you got to nominate me for one of those. I will. Um, sure, I'll nominate you. <laughs> Sound convincing. People, people, people can self-nominate too. But, oh, really? Um, oh, so right. basically, so basically, what happens is every two years, um, there is a there is a Southwest Zone board, and like this is USA Water Polo. I'm sorry yeah. to interrupt you. I just want to make sure because you and uh, I know what we're talking about. But this is USA Water Polo is divided into zones. We're in yeah. the Southwest Zone, and there's a board of directors. And there's a board, and uh, there's the Southwest Zone chair, which right now is Christy Winkler, who is also the president of kind of thunder these this year these are all elected positions yep. um and every two years uh kind of half the board is elected and then once once they are elected the board then decides who the chair is going to be for the next two years um but um it happens each i think it's each of the even number of years so half the board is going to be going and there's gonna be some some kind of kind of new blood and people always ask so so what does the zone board do so, so the zone board kind of, kind of oversees like, you know, any zone awards like the Connor cup, uh, there are a ton of, you know, kind of zone run events. Yep. Um, there are award, there are USA water pool awards that kind of happen each and every year. Um, and you know, they help out with kind of, kind of growth and development as well. There's a ton of stuff that the zone board does. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if that's something that, that you want to do, please make sure you go to USA water pool kind of website. I know that they just sent out an email about it. Um, but yeah, I believe the nominations do are due here at the end of October. Okay. I'll, um, put together my resume to send out to everybody for that. Um, let's get into high school stuff altogether. Oh, Hey, so there is there, yeah, there is one other thing that is going on too. Texas golf outing. Oh Yeah. We have the USA Water Polo Texas Golf Tournament. It's happening on Monday, October 10th at the Cowboys Golf Club in North Texas. We need more golfers. We need more golfers. All right. We, I mean, we need more golfers out there. We need more sponsorships. So if you can, if you have the time, you have the means, please sign up. It's going to be a fun day. We're going to have um, kind of like like Adam 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 Krikorian, uh, coach, uh, yeah, Dayon's going to be out there. Really? Our national team coaches are going to be out there. There's going to be some national team athletes out there. It's just going to be a fun day kind of out there. We want to make this an annual tradition. The only way to do it is we is if we make it successful. The weather is in our favor, too. It's gotten so, so much nicer. Yep. Good. It's so much nicer. It's at a beautiful club. It's not too expensive to play, but get your company to pay for it and write it off. There you go. It is a tax write-off, right? Okay. So get out there. And, um, if you need more kind of info, just go to the USA Water Polo website or email joelinehan at usawaterpolo.org. I'm can, sure you've got And an I can email. send you in the right direction. Yep. There you go. Okay. Um, high school rankings, boys, uh, there's very few changes. Um, goes like this Highland park on top, Brazos wood, then Marcus Strake, and then St. Mark's St. Mark's and Pearland are really close together there. And they've just sort of swapped spots. That's it. Um, and then on the girl side, Foster, Carol, Cy Creek, they bumped up a little bit, um, uh, Braswell and flower mound. So those are the rankings, the coaches rankings of the week. 
I was also looking at, uh, it is pretty fun to look at max preps again. <laughs> you know, we, you and I have talked about the shortcomings of that ranking system, but it is, it is really fun to, to look at. And uh, Foster is no longer on top on the girls' side. I don't think that's a huge surprise, uh, but things have gotten a little tumbled. There's just more games being played out in California at this point and Oregon and Pennsylvania and elsewhere. So the rankings are and, – and, and like you said, I think last time we talked about it, it is dependent entirely on coaches submitting scores. So if, you don't, if you're not submitting – scores then you're just basically not going to make the ranking yeah i mean it's it's fun and i it's think very kind fun. of more teams are going to be doing it next year to make it a little bit more legit yep but um you know but it's i mean it is again it's the validity of the sport yep you know we uh, we, we weren't on max preps in previous years we no. are now and we will be moving forward yeah. so it's yeah uh, it's yeah, it's only going to be fun um and you know it's nice to compare yourself against those uh, against those schools from across the country too. I'll get a very small aside. I absolutely loved playing against teams from other parts of the country when I was growing up. I thought it was just so cool to be able to figure out where do you stand in relation to other places, other geographies, and so on. I just loved it. So yes, I'm a big fan of that. I'm cannot wait for teams from you know. The from other fall season high school teams coming to Texas or vice versa, like going to tournaments out all over the country. There's there's a lot going on. So I, I'm I'm this year is not the year for that, but uh, coming up, I I guarantee there's going to be some of that stuff. So that'd be yeah, fun. we got to get teams going from region to region right now. Exactly within Texas. Exactly, so, and that'll happen. That'll happen in 23 and 24 for sure. Okay, uh, players of the week: Rory McCarthy from South Lake Carroll. He had a bunch of goals, uh, uh, exclusions, etc. Congratulations to him. Morgan Frazier of Prosper High School is the girls player of the week. So, uh, and I have to confess, I don't know so much about Prosper. So I'm very excited to know that uh, a team that I'm less familiar with has sent us a player of the, of the week. So congratulations. Yeah congrats, yeah. yeah. Congrats to Prosper. Prosper is in North, North Texas, North, North Texas. You had and, a big weekend. Um, and uh, yeah, that, I mean, I think I don't even think proper yeah, Prosper really existed kind of whenever I first moved to Dallas back in 2009. Wow. Um, I mean, it, it was probably there. It was probably a very small little area, but it's kind of like, you know, if you don't want to go to Plano, you don't want to go to Frisco, then you go to Prosper. Right. Got and it. And it's just, that's just the next little like out. Places and they there. actually have this lagoon out there because I went out and did some little youth. Yeah. I did some youth water polo there a couple of years ago, kind of pre COVID. And and I say lagoon, I mean, it's 400 <laughs> yards long. It is huge. And it is, there is a sandy thing. And I guess this is a, this is a new thing for these huge, like these huge kind of, kind of, kind of new developments, but it is incredible. It was, I mean, is I would, I, I would move to a, a neighborhood because of one of those. Here, here's the problem is the word lagoon. And growing up, we used to train in lagoons as well. The lagoons we trained in were not that appetizing. They were just not. So I, I'm, I trust your judgment there, but I worry about a place that's called a lagoon, you know, no, as I mean, far as swimming. A, it is a, but is a man-made lagoon. So it is, it is, it is absolutely gorgeous. Ah. And, but congrats to Prosper for, and Morgan and, 
uh, in Rory at South Lake Carroll. Kind of good luck with the playoffs coming up here soon. Speaking of which, Joe, good segue. Um, last week we talked about how the playoffs are coming, um, and then we would get d- dive into the um, actual details of it. And you and I were talking before about the specifics of the region that both of us are in. And But it is a good – I think that's a good example to sort of – wind ourselves down the way that it will look for this region, because I don't think it's going to be that different elsewhere, but, um, there there's, so for example, this area has six, let's just say 16 teams on the boys and girls side. And how is it that they get to regionals as best as you can explain it? All right. So, I mean, again, I think I mentioned it last week, you can go to UIL, org. And go to water polo, and there's going to be the playoff brackets, so you can kind of see what districts play, um, kind of what districts here in the first round. But basically, this upcoming weekend and early on, uh, and then next Monday and Tuesday are going to be kind of the end of the regular season. Right. Like teams are finishing up their district play. That's a big deal. Yes. Okay. And then there's going to be four teams from each district that get to qualify for postseason and the playoffs. Now, after district play, there might be some ties. This is interesting. In the district standings. So that's what's going to happen at the end of next week. So probably like, you know, like the, like, yeah, like the, like the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth, right? So the district certification is due on Saturday, October 8th. So before that, there, yeah, there, yeah, there might need to be playoff games. And, uh, and not, okay, I say playoff games. Tiebreakers, right? Actually, I believe the proper term that people use are seeding games. Okay. So, like, you know, like if uh, two teams are tied for, for a second, mm. they can do a playoff or they can play off to see who gets the second seed and third seed. They can also choose to do a coin flip. Um, it's the And it's the same thing for, like, like, like the first seed. It's going to be the same thing for the fourth seed. Uh-huh. So, um, more than not, if – I don't think very many coin flips happen. Um, so – you know, teams are gonna are gonna play it out. There's every district is a little bit different. They are probably 95% the same, but as far as their tiebreaker rules, like it's it's something called the DEC, which is which kind of they like they at the beginning of the season they that like like they put out all the tiebreaker rules, so everybody's known this. Right. Of course, a lot of coaches probably don't look at it until like right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's gonna be. But like you know, but um, but yeah. So it's gonna be at the end of next week. Is going to be the are, are going to be the seeding games, and then the district certification is is due on Saturday, October eighth. Then once the district kind of certification happens, then you are going to have your by district games, which is the first round of the official playoffs, and those have to be done by Tuesday, October eleventh. And so you know the district certification comes in on the eighth. Then everybody can get together on the eighth, ninth to schedule whatever games kind of need to be scheduled on the tenth and eleventh. Right. All right. Um, and and I say tenth, eleventh. They need to be done by the eleventh. So there can be game, yeah, kind of games done on the tenth. Now, water polo is kind of unique out there because you might have a coach. Like in most instances, there is a boys coach. There is a single coach for both boys and girls water yep. polo, right? Unique. In other sports, there is a boys basketball coach and a separate girls basketball coach. So that has to be taken into account whenever they are making these schedules out there because you can't have your team gets fourth place for girls, but they're the second seed kind of for boys. 
you know, it can't be in two, yeah, like a coach can't be in two different places at once. Right. So I know there's some, like, you know, there's some unique ways to schedule this. And there's like, there might be a girl's day on Monday, a boy's day on Tuesday or vice versa. Um, it just, there are some, some scheduling challenges out there. And then after the by district, the winners will then go and progress to the next, yeah, the, yeah, like, like the area, like the area games. And that'll be, again, that'll be your night. It's not going to be the district kind of right next to you. It's going to be, again, teams like a district in your area, that teams that that, that, that you're going to be playing. Um, and then after that, it's going to be the regional quarterfinals. And the like the area games, they need to be played by October 15th. And then the region kind of, kind of quarterfinals are going to need to be played early that, early that next week. Um, and then the people that so those are the first three rounds of the playoffs you have by district you have area then you have the regional quarterfinals and then on saturday uh, september 22nd are going to be the region championships october sorry october uh, like uh, uh, october 22nd is going to yeah. be the, the, are going to be the regional championships mm-hmm. there's going to be there are going to be four region uh, there'll be four regional championships um and basically and on and on those days you're going to have the semifinals in, in the morning and then the placing games or the, or the championship games in the afternoon. So you might just play a game every, like, like you might just play kind of, kind of one game in the by district and then kind of wait a couple of days and play a, like a, like a second game and then wait a couple of days and play a third game. But, but for the region championships, you're, you're going to be playing two games right. on that day. Yeah. And it's going to be the same thing for the state champ because the winner of each of the regions then gets to go to the state champs. And you're going to have the four teams there. And you'll have the semifinals in, in in the morning, and then the championship games in the afternoon. So it, I completely understand why that is. It's just so it's it knocks me off balance a little bit to think that uh, you know the state championships is not a two day event. You know, it's just it's just different. That's all. So it is very cool that it's all taking place on one day, actually, in in its own sense, because there's so and, many fewer teams. And the, then and then some specifics here. Yeah. Yeah, because I think I kind of explained a lot of that uh, last week. But yeah. So, so, yeah, just yeah, just some specifics. It's where do you play? You know, it's basically the athletic directors are getting together, like kind of once they know who, who they play. This is in this is in playoffs starting with by district. Um, this is the by district, the area, and the and the and the region region quarterfinals. Um, they have to get together. They have to decide kind of where to play. And there isn't a, it isn't like you're like a first seed from one district and you're playing a four seed from a different district. There is no, there is the higher seed does not get the home game. Mm-hmm. You have to decide. And if you cannot decide on who's on like kind of on who's in the host, then you can decide to go to a neutral site. And if you still cannot decide that, there has to be a coin flip. Oh. Then whoever wins the coin flip gets to choose. Right on. So that's kind of where we're at right now. These are like athletic directors and coaches are in the process of figuring out who they're going to be playing in the first round games. And then that's going to have to happen. And that's going to have to happen for each and every game. (laughs) So in theory, like, you know, there might be like, you know, like let's just use Canyon high school. They don't have a, they have a, they have a six lane shallow deep pool, right? And, and I know that they're going to make the playoffs, but um, they might not want to go down 
go play their games at Southwest. Right. Okay. Cause that's a long, long trip and they want to have kind of a more game. And if they win the, like the coin toss, they might actually choose to play at Davenport, which is a school within their district that, that is just down the road. That, that's an all deep pool that they can go to and, yeah, and kind of host their game. But at the same time, Davenport, who's also going to be in the playoffs, they may lose their coin flip and have to go play at Southwest or something. Right. So, um, and if, and if that happens, you might actually have a Canyon high school is hosting at Davenport while the Davenport team has to go play somewhere. Very confusing. Very. Yeah. That's, and was it, um, so it's going to be interesting to see who gets to play where, and that's going to be for the first three rounds of the playoffs. And then the, um, and then the regions are set. The region locations kind of are set and the state championship location is set. So it is set. It is good to go, but it's going to be a little like complicated. Like people may not figure out exactly who, exactly who they're going to be playing and where they're going to be playing until a couple of days before. It's all, it's all new territory, which is from a distance. It's very, it's so cool to see that everybody's working through these processes. It's going to be, it, we've talked about it from the beginning of the season. Like this is almost like a trial for, for this sport at a UIL level and people are figuring it out. It's like I, the, the rules are in place for it, like you've suggested, and it may not be optimal for every single team because it is a unique sport and it requires, you know, locations that um, many people just don't have access to, but they're figuring it out. And that, I think that's easily the, the most important part of it yeah, and and there and there's gonna be challenges you know just the it's gonna be the communication like aspect kind of getting the people that that that, that needed to be on the phone on the phone to make decisions and then relaying relaying that kind of information to any of the possible host sites mm-hmm. and then getting that info to the referee assigners yes i'm familiar with that so you know and um so yeah i mean and then and then and then making sure Everybody, and then the coaches have to get the information out to the athletes, the parents, the referees have to do the assigning, and yeah, and everybody has to be there and play a game. And it's going to be a, and it's going to be winner go home. Yeah, that's the the the. Uh, it's so exciting that way. Seriously, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be, and it's going to be some intense environments. Yep. And I mean, it, I mean, the level of water polo it may not be great across the state, but that's okay. Yep. Everybody's going to be really, really. Uh, kind of wanting to win they're going to be into it and it's going to be the environment is going to be fun yeah well one of those teams that is likely to be heading that way is round rock high school um i have a personal connection with them um and wanted to mention that joe had a conversation with their head coach tom arredondo i've known tom for over a decade we worked together we've worked uh, apart um but he is i would suggest one of the leaders of this game at the high school level in in the austin area so a very interesting conversation between joe and uh tom coming right up hi i'm u.s olympian janai kerr and when I need to stay up to date with my water polo news in Texas, I listen to the TX Water Polo Podcast.
Welcome to today's TX Water Pole Podcast kind of interview with Tom Ariana. Yeah, yeah, did I pronounce that right? No, it was, it was no, it wasn't even close. Uh, but that's all right. Uh, Arredondo, Arredondo, Arredondo. That's yeah. just me, just kind of kind of butchering me, which is <laughs> that's, which, that's which, right. which is what I do, and happens but, um, pretty frequently. So that's okay. Tom is the head coach for Round Rock High School in uh, in kind of North um, Austin. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm doing well. It's a nice morning out there. How's how's it going down there? It's good. It's good. How is your high school season going? Uh, it's going. It's going well. It's going well. Uh, we uh, had a game last night, and then we're finishing up our um, our district play this coming weekend. And uh, no, things have been going fairly well. There's been some, you know, some obstacles and some a learning curve to uh, to get through this this first season. But uh, overall, I'd say I'm, I'm pleased with how it's gone. So, what are some of those obstacles, challenges, and differences from the spring, like from from the spring club season? Um, I would say, first of all, it would just be schedule. Um, it was a little difficult getting the schedule together. Um, there's a lot of uh, coaching turnover in the area. So even when I put or when I tried to put um, schedule together in the spring, kind of get a jump on things, uh, coaches would change, schedules would change. Um, so that made it difficult. And also, I mean, this is just new for a lot of a lot of people. Um, and so trying to get everybody on the same page and figure stuff out together has been a little bit of a challenge. Um, and then I would say one of the big challenges this season has been just facilities. Um, we are, we're fortunate up here at Rand Rock. We have a nice outdoor pool that we can, you know, um, right off campus, but a lot of schools don't. And they, I know other coaches were, we're struggling to find pool time because they're having to share with either their high school team or club teams that use the same facilities. So I think that's, I think that's been a challenge for a lot of people, but we're, we're pretty fortunate in that area. Yeah. But uh, kind of one big positive is you have the new round rock uh, aquatic center. Correct. Correct. And that's, that's been fantastic. That's been really a, a game changer. And I think um, pretty much everything that we've done with water polo has been possible because of, of the new aquatic center. It's a great facility. There's, you know, also brand new facilities. So there's been a little bit of a struggle and a, again, a learning curve with getting that up and running. But um, I know that we have used it for all, but one of our games um, same with the other teams in our district. And I know that the Leander district used it for a tournament one weekend as well. So, I mean, it's being, being put to good use, but I mean, that's, that's huge. We have two, two nice pools. We can run them at the same time if needed uh, scoreboard, large, uh, large display up there. So it's, it's been fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's been one of those things where Austin's never really had a whole lot of pools, but they're getting more and more each year now. Right. Correct. And uh, I know Westlake uh, just opened up one this year. I'm really hoping that um, get some more teams going down there with like Westlake, Lake Travis, uh, some of those schools. I know some of the Austin schools have used their pool for um, some polo uh, a little bit. Um, so hopefully it starts a starts a trend and we can get some pools up in Georgetown and maybe a few more in the area and, you know, can continue to grow it. All right. So, yeah. So now, I mean, Again, you had kind of a short runway to get everything going this particular season. What I mean, and, and we're kind of getting close to the end of the regular season now. What type of changes do you think you're going to make for next year in 2023? I think next year, um, I would like to, I think it'll be a little bit easier, I'm hoping, but um, try to nail down the schedule um, probably in the spring and get some more games in. We, I think we're going to end up playing 
around 16 games total, which is, which is great. I mean, it's a lot more than we've done in years past when it was just a, a club sport, but um, next year, I think, I think the allowable number is like 23. Um, so I'd like to throw in a few tournaments next year as well, as far as getting out of our area, it's been, you know, love playing all the local teams, but um, it'd be nice to kind of branch out a little bit and see some of the other teams that are in our, in our region before we get to, you know, hopefully, if we, if we meet them down the road, um, I would just like to see different, a more variety of teams. And so we're going to try to do a couple of tournaments next year, I think. Um, and then I'm, uh, I would also like to see, I'm going to push for a little bit more in, this is just personally, but um, I'm going to push for a little bit uh, more in my schedule as far as having maybe uh, a period for, boys and girls for water polo. I think that'd be a big help because right now it's a time crunch um, trying to fit in, you know, boys and girls in one period. I'm lucky. I have one period now um, just like I have my swim periods. And so I'm fortunate to have one period because some of the local coaches don't even have that, but it's boys and girls. And by the time I'm running around trying to work with different groups, it's just the time's gone and uh, it goes, it goes really fast. So just a few and, things. That, and that's the big thing is people are going to have a much longer runway for next year and be able to plan. And, you know, this is the first year and kind of get over the hump a little bit. And there's going to be more teams playing next year. There's going to be, there's going to be more tournaments and a lot more games too. So now, I mean, now, but talking about this season, how did you guys structure your games? Did y'all just do like, like uh, during the week games? Did, did y'all do games on Saturdays? So I kind of looked to, there was no real, um, I guess, direction from anybody. So, I mean, that's, that. they kind of left it up to the coaches to determine. Um, so I thought originally I had thought it was going to model kind of a volleyball basketball where you're playing a couple games a week on the nights. Um, but then you could only do one, you know, on Monday through Thursday. So anyway, what we ended up doing is we played basically one uh, game, boys and girls, uh, per week, like a night game. And then we would do the rest of our games on Saturday. We ended up for our district, we ended up having to do kind of round Robin tournament style on three separate weekends because Brian is in our district and they're traveling a couple of hours. So we didn't want to make them come up every single week uh, to, to play us on a night. Now. So what games, I mean, like, I believe the end of your, um, your regular season is this upcoming Saturday. So what games Correct. are happening? Yeah, this Saturday. So this Saturday, both boys and girls are going to play Westwood, Cedar Ridge, and Bryan. Nice. So, I mean, so this is just like the last of the district games and such? Correct. Correct. Yeah, this will be the last district weekend. And uh, however it ends up, we'll determine, obviously, the rankings and district champion. So. Now, now, how is your district doing, like, yeah, like the seating, like if there's some ties in, yeah, in the standings? Yeah, we're actually pretty fortunate. We made sure that we did a uh, odd number of games. So they're, you know, helped to try to eliminate any type of ties. Um, so right now it looks like we're in good shape. It's, it's pretty clear except for, um, except for the boys. I think the boys this weekend, the game between Round Rock and Westwood will determine boys district champion. But besides that, I think it's, there's no, there shouldn't be any controversy or any type of uh, ties. Well, there are plenty of people that are out there kind of, kind of trying to feed, yeah, just trying to figure out the seating games for a second, third, and they have to either flip a corner or play a game, stuff like that. So, right. Yeah. Okay. I heard, uh, I was talking to the Austin coach last night and uh, he was saying, yeah, they're in that situation. I think three, I think three of the teams are tied right now somehow. And they're, 
uh, he was, he said, it's going to be interesting. So, well, again, you know, yeah, that, yeah, that's actually what next week is for. So right. um, is, yeah, is to get those seating games and get that uh, kind of the district certification done by October 8th. Now, are your boys and girls kind of looking forward to, to the playoffs? Are you looking forward to the playoffs? Yeah, no, uh, everybody's looking forward to the playoffs. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, and, I, and I know the kids are as well. Um, it should, it sh- should be great. They're used to, you know, they're, it took a little while to get them to wrap their heads around the fact that, you know, it's not the same as it has been in years past where, you know, you go to this one big tournament and you're top four and you're going on to state. Um, so, you know, I had to remind them a few times, like, Hey guys, we're talking one and done. Like, you know, it's different yeah, levels. It's it not like, go home. So. yeah, exactly. And that's that, you know, that's, that's a different mentality for sure. And um, so they're, they're absorbing that and they know that they have to, you know, they're going to have to bring their game every single time uh, they play if they want to make it to the levels that they have in the past. So, but no, they're all, they're all pumped. They're all ready. So uh, kind of what are your expectations kind of for your teams? Um, so really, I mean, uh, the expectation is, I mean, the kids talk about the kids talk about state all the time, which is, which is fantastic. I don't, um, I don't, you know, obviously as a coach, you don't want to say, you know, no, no guys, it's not happening. Um, so, um, really, I think this first year, um, making it to the regional tournament would be a great achievement. Um, and, uh, something that I think is definitely possible for both teams. I think the boys are going to, um, the boys are going to have to fight a little bit harder to, to get to that level. Um, I'm anxious to see, you know, what they can do in playoffs. And, you know, I, you know, we talk about the fact that anything's possible on, you know, any given day, you, you, you know, if they have a great game, the other team is off a little bit or, or, you know, one, one player gets kicked on the other team or, or on our team, I mean, it could go either way. Um, and it could really change up to how the, the outcome of the game. So um, obviously, you know, we would love to make it, to the state tournament and uh that'd be that'd be huge the very first year but um at the very least a uh, regional tournament is would be a big achievement no yeah well oh yeah well good luck the rest of the season here now we talked about the shit yeah kind of about the lack of pools kind of a little bit earlier so overall so what are some challenges of the teams in the central texas area um, looking at, I think we played, we've played pretty much all the teams in our, in our area. And, um, I think just, just observation wise, I think, I mean, first of all, one of the big challenges is just finding pool time. I think, um, uh, like I said, we're super fortunate here around rock to have what we have. Um, and then with a the new aquatic center for Cedar Ridge and, um, the other teams in the district, that's, that's big as well. But I know, um, a lot of teams like say Georgetown, for example, um, they're planning on having a program could, I believe they couldn't find pool time. And then talking with some of the other coaches, it's a struggle to try to find practice time. So I think that needs to be worked out as far as how, you know, how can we get the kids in the water? How can we get them practicing more on a consistent basis? Um, and then I also think that um, the coaches, myself included, need to um, really advertise it more to middle school level to the kids that are at high school. We have some, we have some great athletes here that are either not involved in sports or might've been cut from volleyball or soccer or um, basketball. And uh, I know that I'm going to start reaching out to some of those coaches and, you know, start recruiting some of those athletes to play. And I think, you know, there's a lot of respect for water polo, the people that watch it, they understand 
they're, you know, I've had so many people come up and say, man, that, those kids are crazy. They're, you know, they're treading water the whole time. They're swimming back and forth. And I'm like, I, I know I can't do that anymore. <laughs> um, and uh, so there's a lot of respect for it. And the people that come out and watch it, you know, enjoy it. I mean, it's, it's you know, I think there's a little bit of crossover with a, with the swim community where you're just watching, I mean, no offense, I've coached swimming for 20 plus years now, but I mean, you're watching them swim back and forth and there's some great, exciting races, but polo is a different animal. And I think if we can get more people aware of that and, you know, seeing how exciting the games are and um, get more kids out, I think it's just going to continue to grow, which is, which is really what we need. We just need more kids involved in it. Um, and then hopefully down the road, I mean, if we get more kids involved then you know, we can start with the, with the JV and then middle school. And, um, that, that, that's my hope. That's my hope. So, no, I mean, yeah. And you mentioned that you've been doing a kind of coaching school for 20 plus years, kind of, what is your background? Um, background is, let's see. So I was, I'm, um, born and raised in Southern California. So water polo out there. I mean, not that that influences my coaching at all. Uh, I've been in Texas for 30 plus years, <laughs> um, but um, it, it was big out there. So I grew up on the, on the fact that um, the, sw- the swim team basically out there was, um, you know, polo players that were start trying to stay in shape or structured differently yeah. out there. And um, the coaches out there, I went to El Segundo high school and uh uh, George Stewart, uh, sorry, George Harrison, uh, he used to voice USC water polo for a long time, uh, was the assistant coach. And Henry Stewart uh, was a legendary coach out there at El Segundo. Uh, but anyway, so um, a couple of years there, just, you know, um, on the team out there, uh, my last couple of years of high school. So that, that was my experience kind of with polo. And I wish I'd played it more. I, you know, I tried football when I was younger. It's, you know, not smart. As, as everybody does. As everybody <laughs> does as exactly. Um, but anyway, yeah, just especially 30 years ago, everybody had to do football. You, yeah. Like, you yeah, know. it was just, yeah. What you do. Um, so anyway, when I came out here, um, started coaching swimming, obviously, I think it's 20, I don't know, 20 plus years ago. And uh, we started tinkering around with water polo, um, probably like around 2010 or so, like in the off season, the kids wanted something else to do instead of swimming. And so found a couple of balls. And I remember, um, shoot, we would set up trash cans for goals or a stack of kickboards for goals. And it was, I mean, it was, they were just throwing it around and, and whatnot. And then finally I heard that San Antonio was, um, playing like legitimate games and stuff. And, through various people. I, I don't, I can't remember it's, my memory isn't what it used to be, but um, I got a, uh, it might've been through you through, I believe his name is Robert. Uh, he's down Robert in Austin. Albeck. Yeah. It's Robert Albeck. Anyway, he had an old, like 200 pound cage in his garage or something. <laughs> and he let us borrow that the first season. And that thing was a beast. Um, anyway, so we started playing and then we started uh, uh, traveling down to Santa. I think it was 20, I feel like it was 2011 or 2012. Um, we were just tinkering around with it. And then we just started traveling down to San Antonio on the weekends. And there were teams like, uh, uh, I think Brandeis was playing and like yeah. all the, all those, all those. Uh, and all those Northside teams. Yes. Yes. All of them were playing. So we got in with that and the kids were loving it and had a great time. And uh, so that's just kind of how it got established here. And then um, I took a, took a break coaching polo for about, I think about four years. I just needed a little, break and then got back into it last year so it's been great so now do you uh, yeah do you have some suggestions for some coaches that are listening that are 
trying to gear up their water polo programs. And these are swim coaches that are listening that are trying to gear up their water polo programs and are looking to start in 23, 24. Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, so first of all, I would say, I think a lot of swim coaches, I know a couple in our area were put off or a little bit intimidated by it's like, Hey, water polo and swimming at the same time, because up here pretty much, I think, every swim coach is also the water polo coach as far as I, as far as I know. Um, so it, it takes a little bit of management as far as, Hey, um, I guess don't be, don't be scared about two seasons at one time. Like you know, there are going to be days where you're going to be tired, but I mean that, I mean, you, you do that coaching and swimming anyway. So, um, so don't let that be your factor for not coaching. Um, I would say it's a ton of fun. The kids, the kids love it. Um, my advice would be to get with your, if you have a really supportive athletic director or principal, get with them and say, Hey, you know, how can we work this out? Can I, can I get a, a, a block period to, for water polo um, to start off with or get with your club coach? If it's a pool space is an issue and say, Hey, how can we work this out or combine with your swim kids? Um, I know that our kids condition, our water polo kids condition every other day with swim team. And it's just, I mean, it, we made it work. Um, it's not, it's not, it's not their favorite thing to do, but, um, using the pool space that we have, uh, it's a great way to condition and get them in better shape. And then the days where we don't condition, we're, you know, working on ball skills and, and all that. Um, and, and, so, yeah, and, and the biggest thing to remember for that is just, it's only for a few weeks. It's not like it's for, it's not for two months. It's not for three months. It's just for a month or right or about five weeks. That's it. So, yeah. you know, all it takes is a little bit of creativity in scheduling and logistics. Yeah. And for sure, for sure. And I mean, I feel like we just started and playoffs are, you know, are coming up, you know, in a week or so. So the season goes by very, very quickly, but um, I would say to any swim coaches, I mean, there's a ton of resources out there um, as far as um, getting help. You don't have to be, you know, I I'm still learning a ton as we go. And I think every coach is, and there's so many resources out there that you can find. I mean, you know, whether it's, you know, Googling stuff or talking to coaches or, you know, USA water polo has stuff. And um, there's links on the Tisca website for resources as well. I think there's, I don't know if they're still doing the, there were, were little like zoom clinics for oh, yeah. to Tisca. Um, anyway, there's a lot of resources and it's just one of those things. I mean, kind of learn as you go. And I think you'll find that, um, you're really going to enjoy it. If you start up a program, the kids are really going to enjoy it. Um, it's a totally different thing than swimming. And um, I would just, you know, give it time. It doesn't, don't expect that you're going to come in and, you know, know everything and the kids are going to know everything. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a learning curve. And, but it's, it's been really enjoyable and I highly encourage any coach that's thinking about starting a team to do so. And the other thing is it gives some other kids um, like a, a team to belong to. Um, some kids that might not want to, you know, they're tired of swimming or, you know, they're tired of another sport and it gives them a way to represent their school, which I think is great as well. well good. Tom, uh, kind, of, kind of thank you so much and kind of good luck at your games this Saturday and Appreciate kind of good luck at the playoffs. All right. Thanks a lot. That was Joe's conversation with Tom Arredondo, um, who I guess did, you didn't know he's from El Segundo, huh? I think I did not. Yeah. So um, I, when I first met him back in 2011, I think that was it. 
um, that was one of the first topics of conversation. And he was very much a swim coach at the time, but um, but he has that pedigree. So he he has uh, he's come up through a system that was actually very successful back in the day. And we all know that James is really into people not yeah kind of not from Texas and from Southern California. No, I just love needling Joe because it's great. <laughs> Joe's Joe has said it multiple times. He's got a chip on his shoulder about Texas, and rightfully so. But uh, I didn't grow up here. I grew up in Southern California, so I, that's my milieu. I know where. So what the those one thing I say about. about Texas, and this is nothing to just to be, yeah, you got to say about Tom at all. Tom played for a very good high school. Um, is this you know the best water polo? Is in California. In, 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 our, in our country, is in California. The and worst the worst is in California. <laughs> and everything in between. Yeah. So there you go. But that's the point, is that there's a lot of it. There's some, like, it's oh, yeah, there's a ton of it out there. I think they have, what, 750 high schools playing. Yeah, it might even be more than that. It's really... It, last I checked for total water polo, it was like on the, in the 900 range. It was a, it was a lot of teams. So. Um, so there you go. But now Texas is in the same... Uh, same you know, fall season, and that's going to make a difference. And it's, I've been harping on that for years. Like it, it matters that it's sanctioned by the, the state in a, in, in a way that is recognized, you know, throughout the country. And it matters that they play in the fall so that in theory, Texas teams can go play against California, Oregon, Washington, Pennsylvania, and so on and so forth. So it is a big deal, really big deal. So, well, I, I suppose we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, Joe, anything else? Nope. I will see you soon, actually. Yeah, good Jeez, luck you're everybody this weekend. Place. Yeah, okay. Uh, so that's it. Thanks for listening, telling a friend about the TX Water Polo Podcast, the Total Water Polo Podcast, and until next week, so long from Austin. Been a production of TWP Sports LLC.